0: This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast...
1: That's when you know Jesus is really in charge. When you do something you're not shaped to do, you're not really designed to do, you'd rather not do, but you do because of Jesus. That's when you know... Jesus really has authority. When you're willing to do things you don't want to do, when you're willing not to do things you really want to do, because you'd rather live under the authority of Jesus than in the enjoyment of your flesh. Thank
0: you for listening to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Mike, and I serve as the family pastor here at Journey. And we've been in a series called Summer in the Psalms." And And Pastor Christian, you've helped us understand over the past weekend, past Sunday, you helped us understand Psalm 2 in a message you called, Who's the Boss? And Pastor, I thought we'd start with some good news, maybe have a little fun to start the podcast today. Royals baseball has just begun, and like the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl last February, just for a good memory, can you talk about how the Royals World Series victory united our community?
1: So Mike, it's funny you would begin with this question, because I ended last night um Watching the final game of the 2015 World Series, Fox Sports KC was uh, was re-airing that game, and um, man, I can't tell you how nervous I was in the 10th and 11th innings uh, when Hochevar was out there pitching, trying to hold the Mets um, to nothing, and then in the 12th inning when we when we finally came back and uh, when we you know Davis came in and closed the game down, man, I like I would take anything at this moment that would bring people together. Because man 2020 has been um once the parade ended, right? I mean, when you think about 2020, um the Chiefs won the Super Bowl yep. this year. It's crazy. This year, the yeah. Chiefs won the Super Bowl this yeah. year. Um the Chiefs had a Super Bowl parade this year. Yeah. But man r- like right after that happened, it just seemed like everyone ran to their side of whatever issue could possibly be had. Um, you know, and, and when I think about the Royals winning the World Series in 15, Royals going to the Series in 14, yeah. Chiefs winning the Super Bowl last year, um, all I remember in 14 and 15 was everyone in the city wore blue. Yep. And all I remember in 2020 is everyone in the city w- w- wearing red or gray. I don't know why they made our Super Bowl hoodies gray um, instead of red. Um, but, man, I, I wish, I wish, Mike, just for a week, Everyone in our city who named the name of Jesus uh, would wear their cross Mm. Rather, rather than whatever issue they're trumpeting at the time. I just wish everyone would wear the cross because I think there are a lot more people in our city who love Jesus than maybe we see or feel. And if we could all be on the same team at the same time celebrating the same thing in Jesus, I think we'd get the city's attention. And man, I promise you, it would feel better than the way it feels right now as, um, man, as leaders are having to make hard decisions, right, as we're trying to figure out if we go back to school, when we go back to school, how we go back to school, if we play sports, if we don't play sports. Um, for me as a sports fan, it's nice to have a little bit of normal. I enjoyed watching um, the exhibition games uh, this week, and I can't wait till Friday. Uh, When the first pitch happens against the Cleveland Indians, I can't wait till Saturday when the Singer kid, our first round draft pick from two, two years ago gets on the mound. I'm, I'm just, I'm excited um, to have something to rally around, but man, I wish more Christians could rally around Jesus first, Jesus only, because I just think that would, that would make the world that those of us who are following Jesus, the world that we live in a better place.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So good.
1: Hey, before we unpack the
0: message and look a little closer at Psalm chapter 2, I thought I'd ask, you know, one of the things about when you preach a message, you have 30, 35 minutes to do it. Um, oftentimes, you d- there's a lot of extra stuff you really wish you could say. I'd love to maybe give you the opportunity to share a thing that, that you learned while studying this amazing psalm that you didn't have time to share during the time allotted in the message. Um, and I'd just love to hear you unpack that for us.
1: Well, I think the thing that I touched on lightly in the message that I that I dwelt on as I put together the message, was the, the transition between Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 and how how striking that had to have been for the Israelite people, mm. right? I mean, you grew up in Israel learning the Word. By the age of 12, you really have the foundations of the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament, um, pretty well under wraps. But these Hebrew children, I mean, would spend time studying every book of the Bible, And if you can picture a a Hebrew child on week one of Psalms school being taught that, hey, good, good, good righteous people are blessed and bad, wicked people are cursed. And and spending a week on Psalm 1, good, righteous people are blessed, bad, wicked people are cursed, good, righteous people are blessed, bad, wicked people are cursed. And then go right into Psalm 2 that says the righteous king of Israel has enemies who are trying to drag him down. You would, imme- you would immediately kind of have your theology upended if you stopped at Psalm 1. So for me, the stark contrast between, hey, the the one who walks with God, the righteous one, is going to always grow, is going to always be fruitful, is always going to have a prosperous life, is always going to be taken care of. The church father Augustine said of Psalm 1, the only person who perfectly fulfilled Psalm 1 was Jesus. And then in Psalm 2, to see Jesus again referred to as the Lord's anointed, with all of these enemies who want to take him down, you just realize if your theology doesn't get beyond day one of grammar school spiritually, it's really not going to last. So, so the, for me, the, the contrast between Psalm 1, Psalm 2... They can't, they can't contradict each other. They do contrast each other, which means the truth of what it means to follow Jesus, be connected to Jesus, the truth of what it looks like to live a righteous life, to live a blessed life. It just looks different than than, than shallow theology will present it. And then to see this presented as a royal psalm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the thought that the problem in our world, and Mike, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, Psalm 2, the royal psalms these are 2020 yeah. psalms yeah. these are where in god's name is someone in charge who can take care of this the the royal psalms are psalms that cry out god we need we need someone in charge who knows what they're doing and it's interesting mike if if you will if you will and you probably shouldn't but if you spend any time on social media just perusing Accounts, you're going to see people looking for leadership. You're going to see people questioning leadership. You're going, to, you're going to see people disappointed in leadership. You're going to see the heart, half the heart of the royal Psalms, and that, man, we need someone in charge who knows what they're doing. But then if you watch the lives of people who call themselves followers of Jesus and you don't see them giving him authority yet, You could see a little bit where the world could look at Christianity and see hypocrisy because you see people crying out for stronger leadership who at the exact same time won't let Jesus be the absolute Lord of their life. And they say, wait a minute, you are the people who say we need someone like Jesus in charge, yet you don't even let him be in charge of your life when it comes to your money, when it comes to your purity, when it comes to your morality when it comes to how you treat people, when it comes to turning the other cheek, when it comes to not saying anything, but things that will edify and build people up. Here you are saying we need a leader more like Jesus, yet you don't even let him be in charge of every area of your life. That is the tension of Psalm 2 that I wish I'd have had a whole lot more time to get into um, on Sunday. And, and Mike, it's the tension. I live, not as a pastor, but as a Christian, telling people, let Jesus be in charge, and on a daily basis, sometimes a moment-by-moment basis, asking myself, does Jesus get to be in charge in this area, or am I going to kind of go off and do my own thing?
0: Right. The part of your message that just really spoke to me was when you asked the question, why isn't Jesus king of the world? And then you answered that same question with with the answer that you've just been really kind of diving into a little deeper than you were able to in the message where you said, Jesus can't be king of the world Unless he's king of your world, yep, it's so true. It's the only place to start. Yep, he has to be. He has to have authority in my life. He's going to have authority other yep. places as well. Yeah. Well, we're several weeks into our summer in the Psalms series. I think seven. This past week was week seven, I believe. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you've had you've talked about a number of different kinds of Psalms. The imprecatory Psalms. The you spent a lot of the first few weeks uh, doing Psalms of lament. Um, And this week, the royal psalms, I don't think that had to do with the fact that the royals just started playing baseball, maybe a little, I don't know. But what are the other types of psalms that we'll be looking into, Pastor, during the remaining weeks of this series? So,
1: so far, beginning with the story of Moses um, in our waiting room series, it was actually in late April and early May, we've looked at psalms of lament, we have looked at wisdom psalms. Psalm one was a wisdom psalm. Here's, spirit, here's what spiritual wisdom teaches us. We've looked at the imprecatory psalms, praying down curses upon not just our enemies but the enemies of God that live inside of us. This week we're um, we're looking at the royal psalms that celebrate Jesus as King and ask Jesus to be King. Next week we'll begin looking at the penitential psalms. Um, we think of, you know, like the penitentiary. It's like, well, that's where you go to jail. The penitential psalms are those psalms where you're telling God you're sorry and you're asking for forgiveness because you're guilty of something. And then in the series, looking at psalms of ascent. What I have realized now that we're seven weeks into this series is that we need 17 weeks in this series. I mean, we have only skimmed the surface of the psalms, but what I'm trying to teach people in the psalms is that communication with God prayer with God, a relationship with God, turns over every stone in your life. It turns over the hard questions that you have in psalms of lament. It turns over the hard moments with other people relationally that you have in the imprecatory psalms. It turns over those philosophical stones in the psalms of wisdom. It turns over the stones of failure in the penitential psalms. It turns over the psalms of purpose and direction and the psalms of ascents, as we march up uh, to to be with God, our maker. The psalms hold in them every emotion and every opportunity in life. In, In everyone, they say, look to God, look to God, look to God, look to God. So it's been a fascinating study. We have just skimmed the surface. I mean, none of us are even, we're not only not experts in the book of psalms, we're not masters in the book of psalms, we're probably elementary level in the book of Psalms, and that now, before this summer, we didn't know there were different types of Psalms. Now we do, but hopefully that has whetted our appetite just a little bit to keep learning, not only about the Psalms, but how our hearts can sing towards God, pray towards God, move towards God in every single circumstance of our life.
0: So true, ma'am. You know, Pastor Christian, there have been a lot of heartbreaking things that have happened Jeez. over the course of the last five months, but I think maybe one of the most heartbreaking things that has happened, um, you were able to um, kind of be, a, be in ministry to the family that experienced this heartbreak when just in the past couple of weeks that Amber Alert went out in our community and uh, then there was the resulting death of the little girl, Olivia, and you had the opportunity to speak and to give the funeral at her service. How does a story like um, Olivia's story impact your heart and your desire to reach people who are far from God, particularly in a season of, of lament and of challenge and of how hard things have been.
1: Yeah, you know, Danielle and I were, were sitting at lunch when we got the Amber Alert a few weeks ago on Friday uh, that a little three-year-old girl was missing. And I, I think even maybe a description of, of the car that had taken her. And we did what we so often do when when that happens. We immediately, you know, just kind of stopped and just said, Lord, help this situation and help him rescue this little girl, be with her family. Um and then you, you kind of, you kind of move on, um, personally, but you, but you mourn it spiritually. Um, you know, when you hear later that night that, uh, little Olivia, Olivia Jansen, Livy Jansen, as her family, um, called her, when, when you learn later that her dad and his girlfriend had killed her, um, and buried her. Um, and you just mourn the brokenness of the world. And, and then you get a, you get a phone call. Um, asking if you can come do the funeral, um, and you you know, and, and you you stand you stand at a casket smaller than this table, with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mourners, mm. all the news stations um, there looking to you for comfort, and all, all you can do is admit what David admitted in Psalm two: this world is broken and needs man needs God to be in charge, like this world needs God. Mm. To be in charge. Um, to watch the news and to realize that from a distance is one thing. To mourn with a family, to talk with grandparents um, and relatives and family members is is a whole is a whole different thing. Um, you know, my my theology tells me that one day I want God to be in charge. But my experience like tells me, I like I need that to I need that to be sooner than later because the real time results and events that are happening because God is not in charge are not things you learn in the Bible. They're they're things you experience in life that that no one should have to experience that God didn't create people to experience and that God desires to rescue us from through Jesus. Uh, so you know, just just being able with that service last Friday to to just to just point people to Jesus. Uh, you know, like I, like I said, you know, Paul, the apostle Paul tells us in the new Testament scripture that all scripture was written as an example for us so that when we went through similar things, we'd have lessons to reflect on. And as I stood at the funeral, I, I had to ask God, all right, God, where's, where's my example of a, a beautiful child that died because of their parents' sin. And God said, that's easy. Uh, that's second Samuel 11 and 12. That's the story of David and Bathsheba and their son who died because of a dad and his girlfriend's sin. Um, that's in there too. So as I stood with that family, um, you know, I said, there's, uh, you know, I told the story of David and how he prayed and fasted until his child died. And then after his child died, he got, you know, he, he got up and he went back to living and he got something to eat. And his servant said, you know, before the child died, you could, well, you could barely live now that the child's gone, um. You know, you've you've moved on. What happened? And David said, he's not going to return to me, but I, I will go to him. And I told the family, in the midst of a broken world, um, you can either stop when it breaks, or you can do two things. One, you can get dressed and you can keep living, but live with purpose. And you can live towards eternity because she's not coming back, but you, you can go to her. Um, and we talked about how Jesus... Uh, said the, you know, the the, the little children and um, and their angels, you know, stand stand before his face. Uh, so we said, so we, you know, we we believe Olivia's with Jesus, and you you really have two marching orders right now. From what we learn from this example in Scripture, um, you keep living, you live with purpose, but you live towards eternity um, because only Jesus bridges that gap. And just have the chance to preach the gospel and pray that God plants seeds, and and then walk away not knowing what will happen, but that the gospel has been declared mm-hmm. and you just trust, trust God to move with it. Um, you know, was a, uh, I think in that story that I would have just watched from afar, give me, give me a little bit of hope mm-hmm. as I talk to people real time after the service, um, you know, who, who were comforted by the thought and the words of scripture that were shared.
0: Mm. So good. I'm glad it was you who had that opportunity to share because I know the gospel was clearly presented <clears throat> and I'm sure you brought great words of comfort, you know, Pastor, the second point in your message, um, I already kind of referred to it a couple of minutes ago, but it challenged people to ask if Jesus is king of their lives. And that was a powerful moment in the service when you talked about the rich young ruler and the area he wouldn't let God be king over. Um, And this is the real activate part of the message. And it's why this is such an important question I'm about to ask you that I know you asked to the people during the service, but I'd love you to um, dig in a little deeper into it if you could. What areas of our lives is Jesus not
1: King over is he truly the king of my life? you know Mike, I think to answer that question um, I think to answer that question you you have to have an area of your life lived almost in defiance to your soul so it can be lived under the obedience of who Jesus is um, you know for for the intellectual. It doesn't take much sacrifice to dig into Scripture. Uh, for the creative, it doesn't take much sacrifice to worship. Um, for, for the giving, it doesn't take much sacrifice to give. For those who, who benefit greatly in their soul from serving, it doesn't take much sacrifice to serve. What is the thing that appears to benefit you? Nothing. Mm. But it benefits Jesus greatly. Because you've allowed him to have authority in it. Until you can answer that question, I'm not sure if you've given Jesus authority in anything or if you've just placed his name on things you already enjoy doing, things you already get filled up from doing, things you would do with or without Jesus. Help me understand the thing you would never do, but you do because of Jesus. Or the thing you would always do, but you never do, because of Jesus. Those are the things that that show people that Jesus is the boss of your life. Not the areas you would do with or without him, but those you would never do without him. Those you would always do without him. Those things you've started doing and stopped doing. You know, and, we, and we've, we've talked a little bit about this on Sunday. I've talked about the hard things in life. How you spend your money, save your money, give your money how you spend your hours or give your hours. Um, Talking to our single adults about their sexual purity. Talking to our dating adults about not living together while you're not married. I understand it's easier financially. I'm talking about the things you do that you would not do except for Jesus that no one in the world would do except for Jesus. Those are the things that say Jesus is the king of my life. And it could be as simple as turn the other cheek. It could be as simple as don't say that thing that's going to be harmful or hurtful. It could be as simple as go the extra mile in this season of chaos and conflict. It could be as simple as Paul saying to those that wore masks, I became like someone who wore a mask. And to those who didn't wear a mask, I became like someone who didn't wear a mask. To those who chose to send their kids to school, And to those who chose to keep their kids at home, I found out the heart that all those people had for those things deeply enough that I could figure out how to love them like Jesus and impact them for Jesus in those areas. I would not normally do that if it wasn't for Jesus. But because of Jesus, I laid down all my preferences and I said, teach me how to love people that have different preferences and priorities than me. That's when you know Jesus is really in charge. When you do something you're not shaped to do, you're not really designed to do, you'd rather not do, but you do because of Jesus. That's when you know Jesus really has authority. When, you, when you're willing to do things you don't want to do, when you're willing not to do things you really want to do, because you'd rather live under the authority of Jesus than in the enjoyment of your flesh.
0: This isn't easy stuff, man. It's, this sounds like varsity Christianity in a way, you know?
1: It, yeah, it, it's it really moving is. towards it's master's level yes. Christianity or what some would call Christianity. Yes, that's just excellent. right. Like, yes, just biblical right. Christianity. When I was young in my faith. Yep. It was
0: milk, but now it's solid food. And this is really good, solid food that you're giving us here, Pastor Christian. And I thank you so much uh, for your words today, Pastor Christian. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Um, I know it really helped me, and I pray that it really helped all of those who are listening today. Thank you to all of you who are listening today from wherever you are right now around the world. Uh, be sure to tune in to our service this Sunday um, at 8, 9, 30, or 11 a.m. on Facebook Live, YouTube, the JCI app, or on our website, www.takethejourney.cc. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also love to hear how God is working in your life. You can do that by emailing us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.